Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Prison Within exposes the devastating impact of untreated trauma that it has on individuals and communities through powerful stories of survivors of violent crime and prisoners incarcerated for murder in San Quentin Prison. The prisoners and survivors come together to participate in a Victim Offender Education Group, or VIOG, an innovative restorative justice program enabling prisoners to discover how the trauma they've experienced contributed to their criminality and to understand the impact their crimes have had on their victims. Together, the prisoners and survivors confront exposed pain and shame and rage caused by the extreme trauma that they've experienced through their lives. That is the backstory behind this terrific documentary film, a raw documentary film um, about prisoners and the life that they've led and the victims and the people left in their wake. And the film is called The Prison Within. We're joined today by the director, Catherine Irving, as well as the producer, Aaron Kenway. To both of you, Aaron and Catherine, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, Mike. Thank you. Hi, Mike. Thanks. Great to join you. Thank you so much for being here. And as I said in the introduction, this is a very raw, emotionally raw documentary film. There's a lot uh, going on here in terms of the lives, the stories, the journey that these people go through. Um, I'll start with you, Catherine. Where did this journey begin for you? Uh, well, I would say it was informed perhaps at the beginning by my experience working as a public defender in Los Angeles and then also as a volunteer prison college instructor in a men's prison, as well as a lot of restorative justice work that I was doing in different contexts, both inside and outside of prison. So. All of that pretty much um, informed things, I would say. And I knew that I wanted to make this film and I knew that I wanted to explore this concept of the prison within, which kind of, which deals with personal transformation as well as collective transformation. And when I found Jamie Carroll's story, who is a victim, and she went into how years later she hadn't healed from her trauma, and she was seeing how because of that, her own anger and violence were making her not that much different from the men who had committed violence against her. Um, I really liked that vulnerability, that truth, that reality, that kind of darkness that's there that we're afraid to, to move into and Jamie wasn't. And so once I found her story and then she was also working as a facilitator with the Insight Prison Project, which is the Vogue program inside San Quentin, I'd say it kind of started from there. Well, where Aaron uh, Kenway, the producer of The Prison Within, where did you and Catherine come together? Well, uh, I met Catherine and heard about the project um, through just a, a common friend, and it really empowered me to rise 
from this position of complacency and try to make a difference in a way I'd not been able to achieve before when I was uh, practicing law as well. Um, and, you know, as a filmmaker, you have this opportunity to educate about the importance of justice reform through a completely different and safe medium. Uh, people, as you are experiencing the common thread of trauma on both sides of the wall, you're really able to process that in a safe place in the theater, in your home. And it, I think it really allows the opportunity to change hearts and minds in a way that reading a textbook or, you know, seeing something on the news, it just doesn't have the same impact. Well, let me take a, a step back and talk about what restorative justice is. So we have, so our audience has some idea of sort of the parameters of the, uh, of the film, what we're talking about here. And Aaron, do you want to take that? You know, this is really a film. Um, the restorative justice component is really about the power in naming and processing. Jamie Carroll, um, who Catherine um, really was inspired by, used to say there's a way out and the way out is through. And in order to heal and to be released, whatever you're suffering from must be named and processed and understood. And restorative justice allows there to give the resources to identify, describe, name, understand all those varied experiences from both sides of um, a, cri a criminal act. So with restorative justice, you have the opportunity to really focus on um, what the victim needs and not just punishing the crime. Um, Sujatha Baliga also is in the film and discusses, she's a restorative justice expert, um, that you know the criminal justice system acts asks what law is broken, who broke it, and how should they be punished? But restorative justice asks a very different set. They, it asks who is harmed, what do they need, and whose obligation is it to meet those needs? So it's really about coming together holistically and trying to heal that harm that has occurred. And this is what the that program is all about. That is, the, you, you just identified kind of the Correct. The mission statement of the victim offender education group and 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 we watch it in in real time we're watching the these these men deal with trauma and there's a phrase that's used in the film and i want to make sure i get it right i think it's uh, something along the lines of hurt people hurt people correct and i think that for people who are trying to understand what this what this program is about, I think that's about as good explanation as you could you could have. After meeting Jamie, did you know that that was the first step in beginning the process of making the documentary? How what was that sort of first step for you in terms of just sort of in your own mind how to move forward with this? Well, it was it, the the harder steps were actually before meeting Jamie because I I knew that I wanted to make a film. I knew that I want it, it needed to be about transformation. I knew that it, I wanted to include both people inside as well as survivors on the outside. And so once I did meet Jamie, Jamie is really the one that. Um, allowed me to, to go inside and to meet Michael and Sam and all of the men that we filmed inside. And, you know, before that, of course, we had to get permission from the CDCR 
as well as the warden at the prison and kind of just like a lot of administrative stuff in order to really even get in and film. So all of that kind of all took place at the same time. It wasn't necessarily like step by step by step. It was kind of all coming at it from all different angles to to start to make it work so we could get in there and start filming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know how bureaucratic the uh, you know government can be, particularly when it comes to prisons. It's a very, very difficult um, to get clearance, to get the kind of cooperation that you seem to have gotten because we're inside the prison uh, in the film, The Prison Within, and we're, we're a part of the, uh, the, as I mentioned in the introduction, the victim offender educational group um, and how we, that's how we get to know some of these people that you mentioned, Sam and Michael and uh, there's Nate and Sane and Irving. There's a lot of people that we meet in this, in this particular group that have some, pretty traumatic experiences to share in their own journey uh, in this. The title of the film, again, the documentary film, is called The Prison Within, and we are talking to the director, and that would be Catherine Hervey, as well as the producer, Aaron Kenway. And I love the title because The Prison Within is not about the structure of, it's not about the, the physical structure of prison, it's about what is going on with so many different people involved in the criminal justice system, sort of a prison of our own making or of our own minds or of our own mindset. Is Catherine, is that a fair way to, to put that? Yeah, ab absolutely. And, you know, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because that was the concept and, uh, you know, a, the, the really important underbelly really of the film from the very beginning. And so, you know, the, the film itself, it's very intimate, it's very personal. So you're there with the men and you're there with the women in their hearts and minds as they're changing, as they're transforming, as they're connecting the dots of their lives that led to the crime. And as you, as a viewer, are watching these men go through this process, these men who you think that you have absolutely nothing in common with, and you start you know, trauma is the connective tissue between all of us. We all have trauma. So as you're going into their trauma, you begin to see that, oh, really, but for a set of circumstances, this could have perhaps also have been me. If, if my life had been different, perhaps I could have also committed a violent crime. And you really, you really kind of start getting it and seeing how tenuous that can be. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the personal prison within, and then it's also the collective prison within because, well, the men each have their own journey, and we all each have our own journey of healing to move through. Collectively, we also do as well, which the film goes into, which is basically, you know, a, a collective healing of our system that allows mass incarceration to happen in the first place. And so, through these men's stories, like through Sam Johnson's stories, we go into intergenerational trauma and we really start seeing how our legacies of annihilation or genocide or slavery have built these systems that are allowing us to just really throw away segments of society. And so 
both need to be healed, both the personal and the collective. But to me, what's so beautiful about the film is that we're not doing this through um, talking heads and statistics and expert after expert. What we're really doing it with is men inside and survivors who are really processing this on their own and connecting the personal and the collective. Yeah. There are a couple of people in the film who, through the course of The Prison Within, highlight various aspects of the, the trail of trauma uh, that these prisoners have gone through and the people who, are, uh, who survived trauma um, or, or are a collateral damage from a, from a murder or from an act of violence. And Dion is, a, is one of those people that, that you hope to meet in life that, that had a, a certain sort of perception, certain sense of the world around her, but over time was able to grow and evolve and understand the world differently in a way that was positive, not just for her, but for other people in her life. I thought she was a, a, a key part of, of the film. Catherine, do you want to talk more about where she is in, 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 the, in terms of telling the story behind uh, The Prison Within? Sure, sure, I'll take that one. Um... So Dion was there from the very beginning. You know, Jamie was there from the very beginning. Dion was there from the very beginning. What I wanted to do was tell their stories and run them parallel to really highlight how what you said, hurt people hurt people, right? So people in prison are victims and survivors of all sorts of, you know, either violence or different systemic oppressions before they commit their crime, right? And so as we're watching everybody heal, you really start to make those connections. And Dion's story, you know, I guess without giving too much away, is, yes, it's extremely compelling because at the beginning of the film, she starts out where her husband is murdered and she wants the death penalty for the man who killed her husband. She's traumatized. She wants vengeance. She thinks that vengeance is going to help her heal. And then it doesn't. And what we really realize in the process of this is that the criminal justice system itself is really not there to help Dion heal or have any sort of uh, closure from the murder of her husband. That it's there to gain a conviction and then move on. Yeah. So really both parties are just left um, with nothing really to, to heal their trauma, to heal their communities, to heal their family members. And the film is showing us a different way. Yeah. One of the things that over the many years of my own personal involvement in being a political activist, political consultant and such, including around issues of uh, criminal justice reform. Uh, I'm very familiar with the literature and the science to back up the idea that, that oftentimes families are re-traumatized over, over, especially when it comes to the death penalty, that uh, those, those, whatever the horror that happened through a murder is, is horrific enough, but that particular act and the way that the criminal justice system behaves in in 
finding their, a measure of justice usually ends up traumatizing more than just the victim of the murder over the course of the time that they're involved with that, with the system. And it is, uh, I guess what I'm trying to get to is the restorative justice model is proving to be a much better outcome for all involved in the criminal justice system. Aaron, is that a fair statement to make? I believe that is. The criminal justice system and the way that certain communities are treated within that system, um, certain marginalized communities, perpetuates the cycle of violence. And it perpetuates a cycle of violence, not just by failing um, those who could have had accesses to resources before they entered the prison system, but once they get there, it can, it's criminogenic, our, our prison system, and they end up, you know, some people call prison a, a school for criminals, which is, you know, just this terrible concept that almost, that, that something, some people seem to attach to as a positive, but it's not. It's not, it's not a place where we should be harming people, we should be restoring, and we should really create um, less of a, 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 this retributive sense of justice. And so what I think is, is so beautiful about the restorative justice movement is that it flips that punitive system on its head and it allows people to heal in a way that makes the whole community better. And not just, uh, the, not just the individuals who committed an act, um, but the individuals who were the collateral damage of that act, including the victim, the crime victim themselves. Um, what's so beautiful about the crime, uh, the, the, the crime victim's ability to participate and really drive the conversation in restorative justice really gives them a sense of empowerment and healing. And I'm a crime survivor myself, and I believe that that could have been a way in which I would have healed as well. Um, and and Sujatha Baliga discusses that in her in the film as well. And so I just it's something that we need to look at as a society. We need to start healing instead of constantly perpetuating um, the 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 trauma um, within our communities. Yeah, it, it is. It, Aaron, it's true that by almost any measure, the current construct for the for criminal justice in America, and there are pockets of change in the country. I'm not saying that this is an entirely 100% true, because there are places in the country that are beginning to embrace this, and they're seeing better results. But it fails by almost any measure. Uh, the rate of recidivism, the cost involved in, in incarcerating people is astronomical. Uh, there was a statistic back in the mid uh, to, uh, 2006 when I was working on a campaign that in the state of California in the previous 20 years, California had built 21 prisons and one university. So it's, it's, about, it's about the allocation of resources. We Correct. have over 2 million people in this country incarcerated. The rates of recidivism are, are, the, are just off the charts bad. 90%, whatever it is, or so it's astronomically high. So, well, it's not, it, it, it's, it's the statistics that go into showing how just the, the, the punitive this criminal justice system is and the resource allocations and, and the inequities that are created there. But 
you just stated some a really important statistic I don't want to be washed over, which is there's over 2 million people, individuals who are currently incarcerated in this country, and over 95% of those will be released into their communities. Yes, there's a high rate of recidivism, but that is a result of not having the resources available while they're incarcerated or once they get into their communities. And so we need to heal. And there are no statistics that show that restorative justice doesn't work. The satisfaction rates are higher, the recidivism rates are lower, the cost is lower. And I, I would add that, you know, what needs to happen is more resources in communities so that people aren't even in prison in the first place. That's right. right. That's right. And we need to include people as part of the conversation. Absolutely. And, and Troy talks about that. We really need to include those who have experienced this right. system firsthand in those conversations. And, and there's a whole conversation around how schools in Black and Latino uh, communities are essentially pipelines into a criminal justice system because yes. of the lack of resources, because they're more likely to become involved in the system at an earlier age than any other community. There becomes this kind of cycle of recycling these people through the system. They're, they're, and you're absolutely right. It is, this isn't just about restorative justice. This is a huge part of it. But this is about allocation of resources into communities where criminal behavior is seen as a better opportunity, a, a more likely path to success in some of these communities. This is just wrong. This is just so... Uh, Not only is it wrong, the skill sets required to be the man on the street or the shot caller, the, the most important guy in the gang or whatever the term is going to be used are the same traits that we praise in the entrepreneurs in this country. That's true. It's true. Well, I, I want to just remind our listeners that we're talking with the uh, director uh, of this wonderful documentary film called The Prison Within, that's Catherine Hervey, and as well as the producer, Aaron Kenway. And uh, there are some good news. Uh, I just got an email actually yesterday from uh, the Center for Juvenile and Criminal Justice. Um, and they are talking about essentially the state of California is currently awaits a final decision by Governor Gavin Newsom to essentially close the state's youth correction system accompanied by meaningful oversight and safeguards. So basically they're talking about beginning to phase out this, this uh, juvenile criminal justice correction system here in the state of California because they're learning California certainly in some ways is is in more enlightened than other places around the country in terms of how you address particularly young people who are beginning to get caught up in the system and they're now taking corrective action so that sounds like restorative justice in some way to me um, is that does that ring true to, to either one of you yeah I mean you know to me, it's also just this realization that, that people can and will change given the opportunity. And I think sometimes we need to be careful not to focus. I mean, of course, what, what, you're, what you're suggesting does need to happen in California, but it can happen with adults too. And yeah. Yeah. it's really about, you know, <laughs> instead of separating people and othering people, and shoving you know issues under the rug what we're really talking about is being in human relationship with each other 
yeah. you know, like as, as a larger concept here, it's, you know, how can we all be in better human relationship with each other? And that's also a huge restorative justice principle throughout, whether you're, um, you know, b before an arrest, um, before a conviction, in prison, like, you know, wherever you are on the spectrum, it's about that relatability that's missing. I'll start with you, Aaron. Uh, prison within, obviously, showcasing restorative justice as a as a way out. The victim offenders education group is I'm I'm hopeful is being replicated in more and more places around the uh, country. How do you see the future? Do you see us in in general terms? Do you see what I would call criminal justice at the federal level, state, local level? Do you see progress? Are you seeing progress? Are you hopeful about what moving forward? Oh, that's a heavy question. Um, I do see hope. I see a lot of change happening right now. I think that by virtue of uh, the access to evidence of what's going on, and, and I say evidence because, you know, we have this incredible opportunity with social media that is good and bad, um, and the news and, and our cameras and our phones, we're seeing and getting to experience a lot of things and really kind of shining a light. And um, it's a famous quote that says, you can't see the light unless you're in the dark sometimes. And so I think that we have to have hope that there is change and opportunity and having that human connection. I think it's going to be a rough road, um, particularly given it's an election year, but, without getting into those details, I would say that no matter what, being able to reconnect to the humanity and others should be our priority. And with that, I do see a lot of hope. Catherine, how do you feel? Yeah, I, th I think we have to have hope. We always have to have hope. We always have to believe that we can change things or, or we're lost. Um, but I, I think that we, <laughs> that we need to quit counting on or looking to or relying on uh officials for this whether they're federal officials mm -hmm. or state officials or local officials that it it's not a top-down thing to me it's 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 a community up right yeah and the people that are going to fix this as aaron was saying before are the people who know most about the systems that we're trying to change right so if we want to change the way um, communities are dealing with violence in their own communities, you know, Troy Williams has an answer for that, right? Yes. Sam Johnson, the, you know, the men in the film who spent all this time outside and are now back in their communities trying to help restore their communities, they know they, they do have the answers because they have all the experience and these are the communities that they're coming from. You know, we uh, used to respect our elders. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go, yeah. We used uh, to respect them, <laughs> not wisdom. Yeah, but you know, Joe Biden's an elder, but I, you know, Joe Biden, we can't look to Joe Biden to fix, um, you know, community justice reform. Right. It, it, it needs to right. come from those communities. Right. And we need to empower and provide the resources to those communities. And, you know, I think that understanding and respecting the experiences, the real true experiences, and not trying to come in as saviors in 
whatever that savior mentality is, however you want to define it, whoever you want to um, be the knight uh, in shining armor, that's not who's going to who's going to make the changes. But we need to empower and provide the resources to those who have the experience and trust within their communities to make the change. Right, and we we need whoever is in charge to create an environment and a structure for for reform and change to occur that's that's important and i one other thing and it's more of a straight up political issue and that is we need to stop privatizing prisons we got to stop turning prisoners into profit centers and that and that is that's going to be a big barrier to overcome we were making progress until this last administration took over in that regard but anyway that's for another time and another discussion. Well, I want to I want to just real quick want to say one sentence on that and that is there's there's a false notion that because so many prisons are operated by the state or federal government that they aren't quote truly privatized but what people need to keep in mind is so many components of the um, prison system are still privatized who from from the linens to the uniforms to the guards to the unions that are created in there those are all systems that are privatized within even if it's a state or federal operated institution there you go well Aaron can we thank you for that and thank you so much <laughs> to both of you for your time thank you for the prison within you can go to the prisonwithin.org to find out more the film is currently on video release on what I assume to be most of the usual suspects in terms of platforms, right? VOD? Yes, correct. It is on VOD, on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play. You could find links to all of those on our website, theprisonwithin.org. It's also available on demand from your local cable or satellite provider in North America. So that's the U.S. or Canada. Spoken like a real producer. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> perfect, perfect way to end. Uh, I want to thank both of you so very much. Uh, this has been a bit of a journey onto itself, and I really appreciate your time and your patience. And Catherine Hervey, thank you, and as well as uh, Aaron Kenway, thank you both for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. We're very thank grateful for this opportunity, Mike. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.